Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas can not only shape markets, but they can change the world. And we uh, get to catch up with John Kubert today, the Vice President, Global Head of Physical Security for SAP. And John and I go way back. I can't remember, John, the last time we enjoyed a great conversation together. I think it goes back about 10 years, doesn't it? Uh, close to that. John, uh, we were able to catch up with John. We were able to bring him on to the conversation. And I know there's lots of things that John is front of mind on. One of the things I've been impressed with in the past is how he's worked very closely with technology vendors to bring new ideas into his organization as well as into the marketplace. Uh, but quite frankly, uh, as always, this is unscripted. And John, I'm just thinking... I'd like to look back at those 10 years and ask you, where do you think we've come from? You know, how, what, what have we done well as an industry and as leaders in this industry? What kind of unique uh, business processes have we been able to uh, elevate and or uh, make more efficient? Uh, and, uh, and then after we're done talking about that, maybe a look at the future and maybe what, what we think needs to be done in the next five years or so. So, uh, John, what do you what have you seen over the last ten years? Absolutely. First off, thank you, Ron, for having me here. So, and look forward to uh, this conversation for us. So, um, that's a great question as to what we've seen change and within the industry, within technology. I think there there's several things, right? Um, hey, I think, hey, John. John, yeah. I'm going to interrupt you. Please. Your audio is suddenly less than okay How about now is that better yeah that's better is that so good? Let, let's let's uh, give jennifer some edit space yep. uh we'll stop as if i just said what i said and go ahead awesome first off thank you ron for having me here and and getting together and have this conversation so um it's a great question there's been a lot of changes in the industry. Um, I think mindset, attitude, um, technology, of course, innovation. Um, innovation tends to drive a lot of what we're doing. But for me, I've been very, very deliberate. Um, it, you and I know that there, there are a lot of people out there trying to get business and trying to make connections and trying to grow their industry and there's always some new widget, some new platform that everybody has, right? Um, for us as leaders in our space, there's a reality that we can no longer just look at vendors, right? We have to change the mindset, change the terminology. And I, and I tell this to, to the folks that are looking to do business with us and, and vice versa that we're looking to do business with them. I'm not looking for vendors. I'm looking for partners. Um, and that is a key thing. And, I, and all of my team understand that perspective and understand the mandate and direction that when we're looking to utilize something to our benef benefit and to my company's benefit, we're looking for a long-term relationship. We want people to understand what it is the business of SAP is, uh, but also understand what my role is within that business and how I'm contributing to their success. So it's been important for us to cultivate that, right? Continue to grow that partnership and that they're always asking questions about what it is that we're doing, what our outlook is, what our strategy is, 
and that we have to be open and willing enough to be able to share that with them as well. We can't keep things extremely close to the vest um, in sharing that strategy and what our vision is, right? We have to be very, very open and transparent about that. So that way there's no questions asked. If I was, whether it's a managed service vendor, an integrator, a consultant, or even a technology vendor, what would be your recommendation on how I prepare to get in a conversation with you? Um, I want to know and want to see that you've done your research on the company and what the focus of our business is. Uh, looking at you know whether it's you know industry websites or you know, periodicals or are periodicals still around? I'm not sure if they are. <laughs> um, but truly understanding what our role is in the industry and where and where we stretch across, right? That we're not just in one single vertical as far as what we, you know, what you know, SAP sells to. Um, so I think you need to have a very, very clear understanding of that. You need to have a clear understanding, and this is this is not about my bravado or anything else. It ultimately you need to know who I am and where I've come from and the background that we that I share, um, and have an understanding of me. Um, it and you know, just to be very transparent, I've had, you know, I've had some good experience in the industry and I've had some bad experience in the industry. I've had people just try to do the hard sell. You're not going to get my attention that way because if you don't know me and you try to sell me something that I have no need for, thanks. Have a good day. And, and we're going to move forward. Um, so um, research is important. Again, understanding the business, but also understanding where you can play into that. What is your benefit to me in the delivery of our business? Where can you help us partner? And then also understand that we're gonna ask things of you in a, you know, in a long-term relationship that may not necessarily be you know, in your ballywick, but we're gonna ask you, hey, do you, is this something do you think that you can do? And the biggest thing is be honest. Be honest to say that, nope, that's not something that we can do. Um, and be honest enough to say, hey, look, you know what, we have this, but we know it's not going to benefit you. So we're not going to come to you to say, hey, you should look at it. Um, I appreciate that, that kind of honesty and integrity within your business. So uh, when I think of a program uh, that you ultimately design, uh, and you're consistently designing, because it's evolving over time, but when I think Always. of your risk, resilient security program, John, um, I think of, you know me, I think of people, uh, you've organized them within roles in a process. You have some form of metrics to manage their performance and ultimately the program's performance. So uh, given, given that today, what, what are the key things you're seeing that have really optimized your program's performance over the last number of years? What, what things have really been meaningful? Um, that's a great question. Um, I'm fortunate enough at SAP that we're, we're in a position of almost growing a brand new um, organization within SAP because of the way that it had been historically organized and set up. Um, and so the way that we're set up now is completely different to what it was four years ago. And so the challenge for us is, is getting people to understand the direction that we're going. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll come at this from the internal perspective, not from the external. Is, and, and 
my you know good friends and colleagues, I mean Brian Tuskin, Mike Howard, Mike Mason have all talked about right the benefit of of who we are as an organization to the business that it's not the old guns, gates, and guards mentality anymore, and it hasn't been for a long time. And so, getting people internally to understand where we sit within the success of their business has been the most important uh, conversation that that we have. Again, because they have a very narrow focus, tunnel vision of what security used to be and what it used to deliver um, into what we actually are supposed to be doing, right? That my friends at Microsoft and at Oracle and Adobe and Facebook and Amazon are delivering, we're getting to have those new conversations. So um, getting to see that transformation and see the light bulb come on has been fantastic. And that they know that they now have a, a bigger resource. So um having those hard conversations is has been beneficial so hopefully i answered the question um well, uh, but, but but it's interesting too as you know we're talking to a large community here including your peers that you just mentioned and uh and we've had such fun discussing different approaches there's no one way but different approaches on how to have those conversations with your business leaders right how to change perceptions over time any tips on that that you've learned over the last five years? Um, absolutely. Um, asking a lot of questions. You have to be, you have to get in and ask questions, ask them what their concepts or their idea of success is for them. Um, and then to your point, getting down into measuring what that success looks like. So it, getting back in and identifying what their, their measurement of success is and asking that question. But then at the same time, identifying how it is that we can partner in that um, and help them get to it. It may be easier. It may be innovation. It may be automating some, um, some process that they, they currently mm -hmm. operate in. Um, and so if we can identify that and, and answer the questions as well as ask it, that's where our benefit in success are you, is going to be. Are you doing that in a formal way or in an ad hoc um, experiential way or both? Uh, you know, are you, do you have, like quarterly business meetings with the key leaders? What, how, how are you getting to that relational dialogue? Absolutely, it's both. It's, it's both the formal and informal. It's, um, it's setting up a regular cadence and meeting um, with not only myself and my peers, but even at skip levels that I'm having conversations, um, you know, at, uh, even at the, at the border L1 level, what we call our L1 levels, I'm having those conversations with them. And then also giving my team the ability to have those conversations as well at their level um, to make sure that whatever message is being communicated to me or with me at the top is also being communicated within those other partner organizations down at the next level to make sure that the message is always clear and that the success is always the same, right? Right. So I think that's important that I, I leverage my team and give them the ability to have those conversations. It's not all about me. But it's also, it's kind of like your own little MBA program too, because you're learning the business of your line of business leaders. I mean, you, you're, you're getting into the nuts and bolts of how they think about risk. Absolutely, 100%, because we're, we're able to communicate to them um, around that expectation, what we see as risk, and they may not see it the same way. And so we get their feedback. Um, and then ultimately, you know, we're gonna put a paper together, right? And um, so that way we can both benefit from it, not only from today, but also five years from now, because things, to your point, things will change. There's always, there's always transformation. SAP is a technology company. 
been around a long time. They have the enterprise in their bones. They didn't build it for a small team. They built it for the enterprise, for the business. And it's at the heart and, and soul of the business from a technology point of view. It has the company jewels within its database. Um, what, what, because you are a technology company, do your line of business leaders sometimes express surprise on, uh, on what physical security can deliver from a technology point of view? <laughs> uh, 100%, yes, absolutely. Um, it, it, it amazes them, one, that we can, we can come in and have those conversations. Uh, but we can talk about how we can actually make the process better, right? Because we're all about process. My organization, myself, and the company is all about process um, and controls. And so when we have the ability to put those in place and have those conversations and automate and innovate, um, it, it brings smiles to their faces, but also gives them excitement about what the future holds for them um, and making life easy. So ultimately, that's my, my goal is making their life easy. So... Um... Uh, and, and by the way, we, we know even though we have a transparent and vetted community here, there's some things we can't talk about. So, um, but this is unscripted. So I always ask the question and John will keep me in bounds on whether he can answer it or not. But many, I, I, as I reflect on what's going on out there in the marketplace, think about the technology companies beginning to kind of wake up and say, huh, this security market's pretty interesting. <laughs> you know, they didn't have it necessarily in their radar, right? Uh, you know, people, people like Amazon, who have traditionally gone after the consumer space, starting to think of the corporate space, and Google, you know, and, and others. Is SAP thinking about how they intersect with the physical security technology market? I'm, I'm going to answer the question and say yes, um, because they were fortunate enough um, to, um, when they purchased SAP Concur or what previously was Concur, one of the technologies that came with that was a duty, was a, was a duty of care responsibility um, and a duty of care platform. And so within that, um, they recognized the opportunity, right, and the importance of it. Um, and so for us, and we've talked about, and, and actually one of the presentations that I gave at the Great Conversation was talking about the concept and capabilities of duty of care, right, and leveraging technology in identifying employee location, um, in, uh, having a quick response to employee needs and requests for service and support um, around safety. So uh, most definitely, they, they understand the importance of it, um, and they've given us the ability to be able to leverage our own platforms. Um, and deliver and uh, ultimately the level of su support and, and it's um, the response from the employee population has always been great, right? Oh my gosh, thank you. One, we didn't know that you existed. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you, you know, we, we, you know, we were able to extricate employees out of certain locations, get them medical care that they didn't know that they had access to make sure that the finance, you know, the financial component to that was taken care of. So they didn't have to stress about it. They didn't have to worry about how were they, how they were going to pay the bill. So that's been our deliverable. Um, so SAP has always been supportive of that um, and, and of that technology. So hopefully that answered your question, but yeah. You and I are in the Pacific Northwest uh, in our local papers here. Everyone should be aware 
you know, Starbucks making an announcement that most of their corporate admin team can work at home now, in fact, for the foreseeable future. Amazon saying the same thing, Tableau's, I mean, all over the map, all these technology vendors. Uh, so, so John, for, for a guy who's been talking to the line of business leaders, with that duty of care premise, how does the reach of corporate security now reach and physical security now reach into the home in the new duty of care over a home workplace? What, what are your thoughts there? Because this, this could continue for a number of years here. I would say, and, and, and that's a great question, Ron. Um, I would say for some of us, it's something that we've always been engaged with anyway, that we've taken the duty of care responsibility, especially on the, on the, on the physical security side to not just be in the home. It's everywhere that the employee is. Um, for us, and I'll, I'll give you the example, I mean, it, the hurricanes that we've experienced and earthquakes and, you know, in the last four to five years, um, my position has always been that your duty of care is not just to the travelers of your uh, uh, travelers of your company, but the all employees, it's the entire population base. And so we want to make sure that they're informed and educated, that they know what's going on because we know that life is busy. So we take the opportunity to provide information to them. Um, you, again, utilizing our tools just to make sure that they're aware of what's coming, right? And then they can make informed decisions. So with that said, uh, with the pandemic and with the change, it hasn't been a major mind shift for at least for me and my organization because it's always been part of our focus. I think for some, um, there is requiring some adjustment to, to know that it now includes employees at home. And I think also a component to that is the right, is the right culture of the company, right? Um, that they don't think that their responsibility just stops at the door when the people walk to their car. Um, that as a culture, we're responsible for mental health, we're responsible for physical health, making sure the well-being is, is always um, at the front of, of our thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the cyber side, you know, for us, we're, we, we've got a, you know, we're working towards a converged model between cyber and physical um, and getting, getting to the place to where we're providing inputs around situational awareness, how they're managing their network, um, how they're managing, you know, access and visibility uh, from the home is important as well, making sure that they have a, a secure environment. So it's not just on the cyber side, it's also the physical side as well, right? Because their work environment's home now, right? We, we said it a little bit ago, it's no longer work from home, it's live at work, right? And it is fascinating. Um, so as we look forward, if that is true, if that premise is true, do you see corporate security getting more involved in helping employees harden the home, both physically and cyber? That is, do you see, especially in an era of civil unrest and so forth, a lot of people working close to downtown centers, uh, do you see your reach going that far? Uh, you, the reach might be helping to fund a desk, even the technology, but since the physical asset is there, me, the physical asset there, the laptop is here, will you now reach into that and make that part of your province? I, I do from the aspect of we're definitely going to serve in a consultative 
environment, right, that we're going to provide some best practices around making sure that they're safe in that environment, how to better secure your home and also be available that if anyone has questions, <clears throat> that ultimately my team is a source of truth for them, right? Um, and to be able to provide uh, the, the valuable feedback for them without, you know, without sugarcoating, but still being very cognizant of their own, their, their concerns, um, but also be very clear about some of the best practices that, that, they, that they should be instituting and implementing in their own home. Right. It's right. so interesting. Uh, you know, I've worked at home for many years and I have a combination of uh, a traditional vendor-based security service, right? Mm -hmm. Monitoring my home, uh, not cameras, uh, but, uh, you know, but uh, perimeter touch points. And then I added on my own DIY, I added video cameras and doorbells. And notice how well I'm not mentioning vendors right now. Absolutely. Right. And then, but it's been up to me, to your point, it's been up to me to integrate all those together, right? Unless I have a smart home consultant or something like that. So that, that is interesting. If uh, organizations like you are going to maybe reach in and say, Ron, I'm going to help you set up the home. So it, it works the way you need it to work uh, as a consultant, if you will. I, I, I could see that happening, couldn't you? I do. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, us serving as the subject matter experts to them to be able to provide um, at least some sort of advice, not necessarily that we're going to own the process for them, but we are going to tell them again, back to the, the source of, you know, single source of truth for them to say, hey, look, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of vendors out there who are going to look to do business with you. But also understand that there are some, some basic expectations that you should be able to set with them of what you want delivered. This is what they should be. Yeah. Right? Well, you, 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 you know, there's always liability concerns lawyers could have a heyday with. But, but if you're going to give me a budget to have a larger monitor in my home, maybe even a desk space, there could be a day where you also give them a budget to harden their home without necessarily taking ownership over the liability of that. Um, yeah, I would agree with that, especially if, if you see organizations, I don't, you know, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I think there's, there is the potential of organizations who will look to downsize some of their facility space, right? Because you're no longer going to have the number of people coming into offices. And so that is, um, there is a potential cost savings, of course, when you, you know, consolidate or remove offices. But ultimately, where do you then reallocate that knowing full well that your employees are now working from home? Are and they and it's mandated. And it's mandated, right? Yeah. And so are they protecting themselves to the same level that we as an organization would be protecting them, right? Right? In that environment. So how do you provide for that? Yeah, once you mandate something, that changes everything. That changes everything. Completely. Um, so as we look out to the future, anything that just just is hitting you between the eyes right now, you're going, wow, these are the things we're going to be really struggling with and trying to work out over the next few years that we need the whole community speaking into to help us along. What would those be? I think the reality with the pandemic has identified for a lot of companies is automation, right? Because you no longer have that person-to-person -person interaction to be able to handle something at an office. Um, automation of the process is going to be key, and that's something that we're 
Um, it, and of course, we've already, already identified it, but the reality is it's now multiplied, right? That automation is going to be the, su the success for many of the organizations within my company. So things um, like uh, provisioning your own ID when you, in, in, okay. Absolutely, provisioning around uh, identification, provisioning around the, the joint stay leave process, right? The, a brand new hire being onboarded, what the process looks like for them uh, during, because you're no longer gonna be in an office and you're not gonna have a manager who's there to walk you through this to go, okay, you need to go see Larry over here. You need to go see Jody over here. She'll take care of this. You know, you, know, you can't go see Colleen or, or Max. You now have to go through this online automated process of doing that. Well, you can't do that physical handoff in an auto, you know, in, in a virtual world. You just can't do that. It's complicated. Um, and so an automated process and utilizing the technology and the platforms out there to do that are going to be where our, where our success lies. Right. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So two questions, membership driven community. Uh, it's who you want. Uh, to be at the table with us in a great conversation like we've had today, John, who, who do you think should be invited in? Um, great question. Um, of course, I mean, it, the simple answer as far as uh, the, the peers are, um, you know, with, within my industry, but it, regardless of what vertical it is, right? It, that it, um, it definitely, I know that we have a lot of tech folks, I mean, because we're you know, up in the Pacific Northwest and, and so, uh, we know that we're quite heavy there, um, but definitely getting other verticals um, uh, within the space, but also the the platform owners, the vendors, the partners who are looking to innovate and make those changes um, over the next you know, two years, five years, and 10 years uh, to help us automate our processes, right? That it's not just the old way of doing things. Um, and when they show that the value is, is about long-term goal and success in life, that's where the success will be. You know, it's interesting, um, the word platform. Uh, and I'm just going to riff on this for a second. I can look at that as a pure technology play. For example, you know, a few years back, you remember the battle of the platforms, you know, Microsoft, SAP, Oracle, right? The battle of the platforms. And uh, you could, so you can look at it from the technology point of view, but also as a business model. So we're starting to see, for example, many of the guard companies now creating socks for a managed service, a managed sock. And, and they're utilizing the very technology platforms you're saying needed to automate many of these processes. So it's gonna be interesting when you as a uh, chief security officer turn to the vendor community, there's shifting business models going on as well. Uh, so paying attention to not only the technology, but also the business model themselves. Absolutely, 100%. And the expectation from me, and, and I'm gonna say my peers, is that they have to be agile enough to be able to make that adjustment, right? right. Extremely, extremely agile. Um, it, and the reality is, is it, it's great. You have, you know, enterprise size companies like, like us, but the reality is, is that there are still going to be new companies at the, at the SMN level, the small, medium national level who are going to be looking to grow. And to your point, um, those vendor partners, those partners out there need to know that they have an opportunity to bring the level of expertise that they know at the enterprise level down to that SMN level to give them success and growth. Cause that's going that's their potential, right? Is for that, for that company's growth. Well, it's really interesting. I've talked to a number of 
smaller technology companies uh, and uh, what they're saying these days when it comes to automation is the small, when SAP was small, when Amazon was small, when Microsoft was small, they recognized their core business was not security. So how, how do you provide them, I'm gonna use the energy industry, how do I provide them the uh, electricity infrastructure for security uh, on a as a service model, right? They pay a monthly fee, we'll take care of the back end. we'll take care of the GSOC, we'll take care of the best in class technology, monthly subscription, and, uh, and you hire a Coover for strategy, innovation, and change, right? Something like that. Absolutely. Leverage, leverage actually what we're doing in the technology space around the cloud environment, right? That we're becoming a, a, a provider um, and be able to rely on not having, for me, let's say if, if, if I run facilities at a, at a small organization, rather than me having to make the capital expenditures and investment in a huge infrastructure, if I can go to a service provider to be able to provide me the same thing without the substantial investment on the back end for CapEx, but can go to a subscription model where I know what my cost is, and then I can also put in place any provincial escalation because of um, um, inflation or anything else, I can help manage my budget and my cost better, knowing I don't have CapEx to deal with depreciation or anything else, right, from a business perspective. So that, that helps save me money and helps to benefit the business. Any uh, particular vendors you'd like me to bring to the table here, uh, so-called platform vendors, and talk about what they're thinking about on the future? Um, I think, I think there are some areas around physical identity area, uh, access management around PIAM. Um, also, even those around um, uh, risk analysis, threat analysis, um, vulnerability assessment capabilities, the kind of platform to where you can automate that and then, but also be able to put that into a business intelligence platform, right? To be able to share with your business partners. I love it, a business intelligence platform, I love it. Yeah. And finally, anything you're reading or listening to you'd like to put on the resource page for our members? Um, I'll get you the titles, but uh, it, Simon Sinek for me, um, yeah, I, I think everybody can say Simon, but ultimately um, uh, one great book for me, uh, uh, Leaders Eat Last. Um, so fantastic book, me being a, a former Marine, um, that's actually been one of our core leadership principles is, um, leaders will always eat last. Whoever the highest ranking person is, is always the last in line to eat because the important individuals ahead of them who do the hard work, the heavy lift are the ones who need um, to be taken care of. And so for me as a leadership principle is something that I always push with, with my leaders is to make sure that uh, uh, their folks are taken care of before they, they are. And with that, that is a great conversation with John Coover leading with what's probably the first mindset we should all have, and that is leaders leave last. Thank you, John, very much for this great conversation. Let's catch up soon. Thank you. Appreciate it, Ron.